coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your host for the next two hours tonight. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Well, it's Friday, September 18th, 2015, and that means that it's time for another episode of Parareality Radio. I know it's not on my normal schedule, but tonight, however, is the final, as I use my air quotes, makeup show. And uh, this uh, gets me back on my regular schedule. As you know, I've had some problems with the computer and the Parareality Radio studio, and I've had to temporarily move the show to uh, the dining room in my home. And this is put me a little behind schedule because of all the problems I've had and I've been doing these makeup shows in order to try to catch up so I guess I should say uh, coming to you from my uh, dining room table in my home it's Pear Reality Radio still don't have any idea on when I'm going to be able to uh, move back into the studio um, I haven't actually had a lot of time to try to work on it here lately, so it's kind of been put on hold, and this thing here with uh, being temporarily housed in, in my home, not only is it kind of convenient, but uh, it's, it's been working out, and as you know, I've done, I think this is my third show here from my uh, dining room, so um, <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna I'm going to be here for the, next, uh, for the next little bit until I can get everything fixed in the studio, so enough of that. Well, tonight's show, as promised, is about the prophecy of the four blood moons. The blood moon prophecy is a hypothesis proposed by some Christian ministers like uh, John Hagee and uh, Mark Blitz, which states that an ongoing tetrad, which is a series of four consecutive lunar eclipses that coincide on Jewish holidays with six full moons in between, and no intervening partial lunar eclipses. Um, that's what that's what the tetrad is. So this this hypothesis uh, says that uh, this ongoing tetrad, which started uh, it's, it began in uh, April of last year, April 2014, on the lunar eclipse. That this is a sign of the end times, as described in the Bible in Acts uh, 2 verse 20 and Revelation 6 12. <clears throat> so back on April the 15th, um, 2014, there was a total lunar eclipse. It was the first of four consecutive total eclipses in a series known as a tetrad. A second one took place on October 8th, 2014. A third one this year, April the 4th of 2015, and the final one is going to take place on uh, September the 28th, which is just a few short days away. It's one of eight tetrads during the 21st century. And as with most lunar eclipses, the moon appears red during the this eclipse, especially during the, more specifically, should I say, during on the April 15th eclipse and uh, again 
here on uh, September the it's either the 27th or the 28th depending upon how you look at it could be you could start seeing it a little bit of it on the evening of September the 27th uh, full bloom on September the 28th so you know in, in the course of this I may um, go bounce bounce back and forth between September 27th 28th so it's you know it's either or kind of um, anyway, this this red color is called by something called the Riley scattering of sunlight through the Earth's atmosphere. It's the same effect that looks that causes um, when the sun sets appear red. It's the same effect. The idea of a blood moon serving as an omen of the coming of the end times comes from the Book of Joel, where it's written, and I quote: "The sun will turn into darkness." and the moon into blood before the great, terrible day of the Lord comes. This phrase is mentioned again by St. Peter during the uh, Pentecost as uh, written in Acts. Although Peter says that date, not some date in the future, was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. The blood moon also appears in the book of Revelations in chapter 6, verses 11 through 13. Uh, verse uh, where uh, let's see, verse twelve says, uh, "And I behold, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood." So, will the world end in just a few short days after the fourth blood moon in this tetrad? Well, before you jump into any hasty conclusions, first of all, you need to let me tell you about the blood moon prophecy, and then you can make up your own mind. But first of all, before I get into that, let me tell you how you can contact me here at the show, because as you know, there are a few different ways that you can do it. First off, you can send an email to sandman at parareality.com that's sandman at parareality.com or you can just visit parareality.com and find some of my uh, contact information there I'm also on Facebook there's been a little bit of a change on Facebook because um, I did something stupid and I swapped my page over from a, a just a regular personal page to like a business page and I lost like <clears throat> 2,000 it was 1,900 almost 2,000 um quote-unquote friends that I had on Facebook. I'm slowly trying to get these people back. So there's been a little bit of a change in my Facebook. You can look for Sandman Parareality on Facebook. Before it was Sandman.Parareality. It's just Sandman Parareality there on Facebook. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Parareality Radio. Either one of those two will get you in touch with me on Facebook. It's Sandman Parareality or Parareality Radio. And, of course, uh, I am now on Twitter, and you can follow me there, at Radio. That's at Radio, and it's all one word, P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-R-A-D-I-O, at Radio on Twitter. And, of course, finally, you can still call the studio line at 615-692-1170. That number to call once again is 615 692 1170. You never know. I just may be there um, <clears throat> working on some stuff on the show. If I'm not, feel free to leave a message, but just be aware that leaving me a message gives me your permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want it played back on the show, either don't leave a message or tell me, don't play this back on the show. So, you know, 
you've been warned. Like I said, I may also answer the phone as well because it seems like I'm always in the studio, except for here lately, <laughs> working on some stuff. And I'm probably going to be in there a lot more. I just got to get time off work to do it. So anyway, those are all the different ways that you can uh, catch me there on uh, Facebook, Twitter, telephone, and email. And I'll be giving those to you again at the uh, end of the show. So, um, as you can tell, I'm still struggling with some voice issues that uh, I've been sick and lost my voice uh, pretty much entirely back in June. And I haven't, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I haven't recovered my voice yet. I don't know what the hell is going on. I've had a doctor's appointment and um, that produced no results. So, I'm probably going to have to have a appointment with a specialist here to try and figure out what's going on with my throat issues. So because I'm having throat issues, that means I'm probably going to be taking a few more breaks than normal. So I'm going to take one right now and let you listen to a little bit of music and I will be back and we'll talk about the prophecy of the four blood moons. I'll be right back.
Okay, so you know that tonight every song that I play is going to have something to do with the moon, right? You should know that, don't you? Because I try to have, you know, themes. So the theme for tonight is moons. So um, every song I play is going to have something to do with a moon. Go figure, right? Okay, so I got a lot to cover. Now, I'm going to ask you before I begin this, keep an open mind, as you usually do. If you're listening to this show and you're a fan, I know that you have an open mind. I'm going to kind of do something that I very rarely do, which is kind of get into um, a little bit of religion. Actually, this is going to have to do, I think, a lot with religion. I try to not do too many shows that are religious-based, but, you know, I kind of like to be a little controversial, and every so often I have a show that's got some sort of religious undertone to it or maybe a religious theme to it, and that is kind of what this whole entire episode is about tonight Um, because you can't talk about the prophecy of the blood moon without getting into religion. So... What is a blood moon? Okay, so a lunar eclipse, excuse me, a lunar eclipse occurs when the earth passes between the sun and the moon. This blocks the sun's rays from reflecting off the moon as, as in normal. However, some of the sun's rays curve around the earth, causing the moon to appear red during a total eclipse. Because of its vivid color, A total lunar eclipse is often referred to by NASA and astrologers and astronomers and other people as a blood-red moon. The occurrence of blood moons is actually quite common, normally happening about two times a year. Most of us have seen the moon when its appearance has changed to red. I know I have, even before this tetrad, this four blood moon prophecy started coming about. But when four blood moons happen in close succession, NASA refers to this as a tetrad. Tetrads, well, they're rather rare. They only take place, uh, I think we've had 55 of them since the year 1 AD. And this is the last moon in this tetrad, or the fourth blood moon in a six-month period, to be exact. Okay, so now we know what a blood moon is, but what are these teachings of the four, four blood moons? What, what, do they, what do they want us to know, these prophets, these blood moon prophets? Okay, well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. The teaching of the four blood moons has recently captivated the attention of the religious world as well as a lot of other people, namely myself. This teaching, it states that when four consecutive blood moons fall on Jewish feast days, a major event affecting the Jewish people will occur in close proximity to that time. This phenomenon of four consecutive blood moons coinciding with the Jewish feast days has only occurred 10 times since the year 1 AD and since 1492 it's happened three times so the three times since 
1492 are as follows. The Tetrad of 1493-1494, through 1494, the Tetrad of 1949-1950, through 1950, and the Tetrad of 1967-1968. through 1968. Now, let me pause right here and say, 10 times since the year 1 AD. So, basically, for 2015 years, we've had 10 blood moons. And of those 10, three of them have occurred since 1492. So, you know, you're looking at a pretty significant amount of them that has occurred in the last, what, 600 years. So, is this significant? Well, there are people out there who say so. Major events affecting the Jewish people have occurred in close proximity to all three of those tetrads. 1493 through 94, 1949 through 50, and 1967 through 68. So let's take a look at those. Let's break these tetrads down and look at these major events. The Spanish Inquisition took place in 1492, just before the Tetrad of 1493 through 1494. In 1492, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain gave the Jewish population just a mere four months to convert to Catholicism or get out of the country. Now, it's estimated that somewhere between 165,000 and 400,000 Jews fled the country at this time, and as many as 50,000 decided that they should stay, and they converted to Roman Catholicism. The Spanish Inquisition sought to punish Jews who had converted to Christianity, but weren't really sincere in their convictions or in their conversions. Torture was used to elicit confessions from these false converts, and after confessing, many of them were then burned at the stake. There's no doubt that the Inquisition was cruel beyond belief. It was basically, in my opinion, it was designed totally and in its entirety to eliminate the Jewish population that was left in the in the country. First of all, you tell people, convert or die. And then when they do convert, you place them under situations of extreme torture to test the sincerity of their conversions. And once they confess after having it tortured out of them, then you go and you burn them at the stakes because they're not true Roman Catholics. Now, these are the types of inhumane horrors that were inflicted upon thousands of Jews during the Spanish Inquisition, and it took place right before the Tetrad of 1493 through 1494. Alright, so 1492, why does that date sound familiar? Well, you probably know that 1492 was the date when America was officially discovered by Christopher Columbus, but we know that it was discovered long before then. He did not discover America. He was just the first to uh, be given credit for it. So 
what are we talking about here in 1492 with this tetrad? Well, here's another event that took place in 1492 with Christopher Columbus. Now, first of all, you, you, there are there are lots of theories about Christopher Columbus uh, from he was a knight, a knight Templar to uh, he was funded by the Knights Templar to he had uh, secret knowledge that was given to him possibly by the Knights Templar. You're seeing a theme here with the Knights Templar, right? Um, <clears throat> well, it's also widely known that Christopher Columbus uh, took a lot of Jews with him on his trips over to America. So one of the speculations is that Christopher Columbus was, in fact, himself a Jew. Many historians think that he really was secretly Jewish. They believe his voyage to America here, or should I say West, in 1492 was his way of escaping the Spanish Inquisition that was going on that year and therefore resulted in his quote-unquote discovery of America. In a book written by Simon Wiesenthal called The Sails of Hope, he says that Columbus's voyage was motivated by a desire to find a safe haven for the Jews in the light of their expulsion from Spain. Um, there's a, a person in uh, from Stanford University named Carol Delaney who um, studied a lot of uh, about Christopher Columbus and history and things of that nature. And um, she was led to believe that Columbus was a deeply religious man whose purpose was to sail to Asia to obtain gold in order to finance a crusade to take back Jerusalem and rebuild the Jews' holy temple. So you have quite a few people out there, authority-type figures, who really believe that he was either a Jew himself or was at the very least sympathetic to the Jewish cause. Columbus's voyage wasn't, as is commonly believed, funded by the deep pockets of Queen Isabella, but rather by two Jews who converted to Catholicism to avoid death. Louis de Saint-Angel and Gabriel Sanchez advanced an interest-free loan of 17,000 ducats from their own pockets to help pay for Columbus's maiden voyage. And there was another prominent Jew, Don Isaac uh, Abernel, who was a rabbi and Jewish statesman who also donated towards the voyages of Christopher Columbus. So is it any surprise that the United States of America has the largest Jewish population on earth? We have here in the U.S. 6.6 million Jews and rising, and that's just an estimate. Israel itself, it only has 6.1 million Jews. So we got not a lot more, but we got a little bit more than Israel itself. So here is another prominent event that occurred in 1492 by Columbus sailing west and quote-unquote discovering America coincided right before the blood moon, the tetrad of 1493 through 1494. So we jump ahead to the next tetrad here in this these three tetrads. Uh, the Tetrad of 1949 through 1950. What happened then? Well, just before the Tetrad of 49 and 50, the nation of Israel became reborn. And this happened on May 14, 1948. 
After the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in the year 70, the Jews were driven into exile. And for the next roughly almost 1900 years, the Jewish people were sifted through the nations of the earth, yet they retained their identity. And you go forward in time into the late 1930s to the mid-1940s, you have what occurred that you can think of in that time frame that involved the Jews. Think about it. Yes, you got it. The Holocaust. So after Hitler's final solution, his Holocaust during World War II, the Jews were finally granted a homeland by the nations of the world. And on May 14, 1948, the modern state of Israel was born right before this second tetrad. So now we have two tetrads that have two significant Jewish events happen right before the tetrads occurred. So we go ahead now to the third tetrad of 1967 to 1968. What happened that time? Well, during this time, the city of Jerusalem was reunited. Now, in the Old Testament, God said that he would place his name in Jerusalem. Now, during their 2,000 years of exile, the Jewish people turned their faces toward Jerusalem three times each day, praying for the restoration of Jerusalem and the rebuilding of their temple. And on June 7th, 1967, the Jordanians launched an attack against Israel and West Jerusalem. Israel counterattacked, driving Jordan out of, out of uh, East Jerusalem, out of Judea, Samaria, and back into its own land across the Jordan River. Jerusalem was undivided and under Jewish control for the first time since its destruction by the Romans in 70 A.D. So you're looking at almost 2,000 years. You're looking at like basically 1,900 years here that the Jewish people had their lands basically taken from them and divided. And then, all of a sudden, there's a war, and pow, they've got their stuff back during this third triad of 1967 through 1968. So you have three tetrads here on feast days, and those are equaling major Jewish events. The only three tetrads matching feast days in the last 500 years have all fallen remarkably close to these major events in Jewish history as I have just explained to you here in this episode. Now, if you believe the prophecies, it's about to happen for yet a fourth time. We are right now approaching the very last, the tail end of the four blood moons here in 2015, this fourth tetrad. So you've got four blood moons on Jewish feast days that's happening for the fourth time in the last five, six hundred years or so. Three of these have already come to pass. I, I, I just talked to you about them. April uh, 15th of last year, April 15th, 2014, tax day of all days. 
That was Passover. Okay. Then you move ahead to October the 8th, 2014. That was the Feast of Tabernacles. Jump ahead to April 4th, 2015. This year, just a few months ago, you have Passover. All three of those days, we had four blood or we had a blood moon occur. The fourth and final one is set to occur on September 27th, September 28th, sometime around that area, 2015, which is yet again Feast of Tabernacles time. So this is going to be on the last Sunday or last Monday of this September, depending on how you look at it. I've I've looked and looked at different stuff and and I get two conflicting dates. I get dates on the 27th, I get dates on the 28th. So start looking for it on the 27th. That's what I say. It's the last Sunday of September. It's either going to be that day or the 28th, which is the last Monday of this September. But it's going to happen on one of those two days. Now, some prophecy teachers, whatever you want to call them, um, they are declaring rather boldly that this tetrad just ahead signals that something is getting ready to happen which will change the world forever. So should we even be paying attention to this? Should we pay attention to the moon and the stars? Well, first off, we shouldn't put our faith solely in astrology. However, if you're a Christian and believe in the Bible, God has at times used the heavens for sending signs to us. Here's where we're going to start quoting some Bible verses, okay? In Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 14, God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. God specifically said, let them be for signs. Let them be for signs. We also know that the wise men were led to the little baby Jesus by a star. This is written in Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, which says, and I quote, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Herod inquired of the the, uh, chief priest and, and the scribes where the Messiah was to be born according to these prophecies, and he was told that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. And Herod relayed this information to the wise men. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, it says this, When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. So here you have... Just a a few little Bible verses there from Genesis, Matthew, that say, or shall I say Genesis and Matthew, that are basically God giving us astrological signs, okay? 
So what does all that have to do with all this stuff? Well, it's just a little, I said this was going to get into some religion. Okay, so this is just a little hint of what's to come here with this religious stuff because it, this is a very religious topic, unfortunately. So what's with all this prophecy of the blood moon, or excuse me, of the moon being turned into blood? What's, what's, what's this all about? Well, there are several prophecies that foretell that the moon is going to be turned into blood in the end times. Here we have a little bit more Bible verses to be quoted here. Joel chapter 2, verse 30 through 31 states, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. Revelations Chapter 6, verse 12 also prophesizes that the moon will become as blood. And it says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. So here you have two more Bible verses that prophesize that in the end of times, the moon is going to turn blood red. So will the moon literally be turned into blood? Well, it's not reasonable to believe the entire moon is going to be turned into blood when the prophecy is fulfilled. I mean, let's just get that out of the way. I'm not saying that. I am quoting some Bible verses that is prophesizing that the moon is going to turn red. The scriptures undoubtedly mean that the moon will take on the appearance of blood, but it's not actually going to turn into blood. And I don't think that there's anyone here, unless you are just a, a really cuckoo fanatic, that's really actually going to believe that. And once again, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying that the moon is going to turn into blood. It will turn red, according to the scriptures, but will it turn to blood Dare I say, no, it will not. That is not a reasonable assumption to make. So what can we expect to happen here? Well, four blood moons are going to occur between April 15th, 2014, and September the 28th, 2015. We've already had three of them. And they're, they're happening on Jewish feast days. Three of them's already come and gone, and we've got another one coming up on the day of the tabernacle, right? If the pattern of the, these last three tetrads continues, then we can expect some major events for the Jewish people. So, what's up? What, what is this big event? Is there a big event on the horizon? Well, one of the greatest prophetic fulfillments in the last 2,000 years so they say, lies just ahead of us. <clears throat> the Bible prophesies that a peace agreement between uh, the Israelis and the Palestinians will soon be signed. Now, U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry has been working diligently on this since uh, the 30th of July in 2013, and he was trying to reach a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And he said it was going to happen in 2014, which we all know, you know, didn't do anything. It didn't did not come to fruition. But if it does, if there's peace in the Middle East, what will this peace agreement do? 
Well, according to the biblical prophecy, the signing of a Middle East peace agreement will mark the beginning of the final seven years to Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So here are some things that's supposed to happen here with this peace agreement. Under the agreement, the Antichrist and the international community will recognize Israel's right to a homeland in the Holy Land. Another thing is that the Palestinian state will be created in the West Bank, which is the biblical area of Judea. There are presently approximately 650,000 Jews living in Judea. Many of the Jews presently living in those parts of Judea will become that will that will become the new Palestinian state will decide to remain in their homes living as a Jewish minority in Palestine. Another thing that's supposed to happen is that the dispute over control over the Temple Mount will be solved by placing it under a guess you could say a a, a shared arrangement between Muslims and Jews, which if you know how Muslims are, they're not going to, they're not going to take kindly to that. Muslims don't want there to be anyone else in the whole entire world, but Muslims, you know, now not all Muslims are militant Muslims but unfortunately, it's the militant Muslims that's giving the Muslim religion a bad name. And as long as there are Muslims out there, there's going to be militant sections, subsets of this religion. And um, it's not going to sit well with them. So, you know, that's something that's, that's going to be horrible, horrible, horrible right there. And probably about the final thing that's supposed to happen is that Israel will build a uh, the third temple on the mount without disturbing the Dome of the Rock or the Al-Aqsa Mosque. That's supposed to be another thing that happens. Um, oh, um, here's some other things. Uh, Israel's temple will be completed during the first three and a half years after the signing of the agreement. And halfway through the final seven years, the Antichrist will stand in the temple claiming to be the Messiah and God. And the scriptures call this the uh, abomination of desolation, which would make a great album title or band name. Just throwing that out there. Okay. But, you know, what does the Bible say about all this? Well, I've already explained the teaching of the four blood moons. And now I need to take a look at the, as far as the teaching of the four moons that's that's captivated our imaginations, right? So now what I need to do is take a look at the teaching of the four blood moons in the light of of scriptures. And I know you're saying, oh, weren't you just doing that, Sandman? Weren't, weren't you just, didn't you just get finished less than five minutes ago quoting a whole slew of scriptures? Well, yes, I did. But that was me just quoting scriptures. I'm not looking at the teachings right now of the four blood moons in the light of these scriptures. So that's what I'm about to do. We're about to really look into the scriptures and see what it says about the four blood moons.
So they're asking the question, well, Sandman, what does the Bible say about the moon turning to blood? And when is it prophesied to happen? When will the moon turn to blood? Well, I'm glad you asked. Earlier in the show, I referred to the prophecy of Joel about the moon being turned into blood. So let's look at it again here. And here's a here's a scripture, or here's a quote, okay. <clears throat> and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. So in Joel, chapter 2, verse 30 through 31, Joel prophesied that the moon would be turned into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Okay, so it's going to be turned into blood before the day of the Lord. So when is the day of the Lord? Well, you've got to look elsewhere in the Bible to find out when the day of the Lord is. The prophet Zechariah referred to the day of the Lord in his section of the Bible, Zechariah uh, chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. And it says this, and this is a very long quote, but I'm going to read it to you here. <clears throat> Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of three. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women's ravished. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. What in the heck is all that? Well, this prophecy describes the coming battle of Armageddon. God said... I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Armageddon supposedly is going to take place seven years after the signing of the Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement. That is one reason why there are so many people out there who do not want peace in the Middle East. Because they are scared, if peace ever does come in the Middle East, that it will mark the beginning of the end times, and Armageddon will be upon us. Now, I'm not one to necessarily believe that. I personally don't think there's ever going to be peace in the Middle East. The only way that that's going to happen, in my humble opinion, is if one side or the other gets wiped out. You're going to have to wipe out all of the Israelis, or you're going to have to wipe out all of the Palestinians, or you're going to have to do, it, do them both. 
before you're ever going to get peace in the middle peace in the Middle East because it's, as long as there are people there who are going to fight for their religious beliefs, then that's what they're going to do. More wars, ladies and gentlemen, have been fought over religion and love than for anything else. Religion is the number one. If it weren't for religion, dare I say there would be no wars? Well, no, it, that's not it. No, there would still be wars. But I don't think that there would be um, as many wars if it weren't for religion. So, <coughs> excuse me, getting getting back, I'm kind of getting, getting off my soapbox. But yeah, I, I don't think that there's ever going to be peace in the Middle East unless one side or both is completely wiped off the face of the earth. And when I mean completely, I mean completely every last stinking one of them. Because as long as there's one alive, they can recruit and convert other people. Well, the chances of that happening, you got to look at possibilities and probabilities. Is it possible? Yes, but probably not. But still, you're going to have to wipe them all out one side or the other. And they're either going to have to do it to themselves or there's going to have to be a third neutral party that comes in and does it. Now, I'm not advocating that, okay? I'm just saying that's my personal belief system here. So getting back to this prophecy here. So just to restate it, this prophecy is stating that this is going to happen. When, when this happens, you're going to have the, the coming of the Battle of Armageddon. Armageddon is supposed to take place seven years after the signing of the uh, Palestinian and Israeli peace agreement. The world government armies are going to invade Israel in an attempt to force Israel to give up sovereignty over its capital of Jerusalem. When Israel is on the brink of defeat at the hands of the international forces, Jesus will, he's going to return to the earth and fight for Israel. The prophecy says it like this. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. Verse 4 states concerning Jesus, it states this, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. This describes the personal return of Jesus Christ to earth. So, when does Zechariah say the day of the Lord would be? Because I told you I was going to tell you, right? The day of the Lord takes place at the time of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus to earth. The battle of Armageddon takes place at the end of the Great Tribulation. So, we've got that answered. And if you remember... Amongst all this confusing stuff that I've been talking about, all these prophecies and Bible verses and all this, there I mentioned something about a sixth seal, right? That the moon becomes blood at the sixth seal. Here's a quote from Revelations chapter 6, verse 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as a sackcloth of hair. And the moon became as blood. Once again, that's from Revelation 6.12. This passage specifically states that the moon will become blood at the time of the sixth seal. So when is the sixth seal? Well, 
we can tell when the sixth seal is opened by the events that happen at the time of its opening. Revelation chapter 6 verses 14 through 17 goes on to describe these events. And once again, this is a very long quote because I'm quoting a, a, a few verses here. So just bear with me. But here is the quote from Revelation chapter 6 verse 14 through 17. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Notice here that the heavens will depart like a scroll at the opening of the seal. This is obviously describing the second coming of Jesus because the men of the earth will they're gonna they're gonna cry out. Hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. That's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, since it's prophesied that the moon will turn to blood at the time of the sixth seal, then we can conclude that it will happen at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ and at the beginning of the Battle of Armageddon. So, what have we got here? Well, We've got a whole bunch of Bible verses that I've been quoting that's all leading up to four blood moons and the second coming of Jesus Christ, right? So if if you continue to look at your Bible in uh, Matthew 24, it's a little bit more specific. Or should I say the man himself was a little bit more specific. Jesus was a little more specific when you look in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verses 29 through 31, says this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That's Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31. Jesus said the moon would be turned into blood immediately after the Great Tribulation. He also said that the people of earth would mourn when they saw the Son of Man coming. This is obviously referring to the time of the Second Coming as described in the Sixth Seal. So, what what about all this stuff. Do you believe in the teachings of the four moons? Does all this Bible 
verse spewing out that I've been doing totally discredit the teachings of the four moon of the four blood moons? Does it validate the teachings of the four blood moons, or does it make me sound crazy? Because you're like, or have you? Are are you religious or something? Have you? Are you a Jew? Have you turned Christianity? No, no, I have not. I've just done exhaustive research into this prophecy of these four blood moons. And I did not think when I started this project that it was going to turn into such a religious um, thing. Uh, I knew there was going to be some form of religion, some aspect of religion to it. I just didn't think it was going to be as deeply religious as what it has turned out to be. And of course you could probably take in and get a different slant on it if you wanted to. But, you know, as I said at the top of this episode, excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. I'm going to have to take a break in a minute. As I said at the top of this episode, I kind of like to be controversial. So, you know, from time to time. So I decided, hey, let's take this, you know, let's let's explore this full on religious thing here. And I, I want to say I am not religious. I hold no true religion uh, convictions. I don't consider myself uh, Catholic or Mormon or Baptist or Methodist or or Muslim or Hindi or or. or, or Buddhist or whatever, I don't consider myself any of that. Um, I, I know a little bit about a lot of religions. Um, I've participated in several different religious, uh, I'm not going to say ceremonies. I've been to several different churches from different religions, um, but I don't consider myself to be religious. As, as a matter of fact, I think if you've been a longtime fan of this show, <clears throat> excuse me, think if you've been a longtime fan of the show, you will know that I'm pretty much am a non-believer. I'm not going to say I'm atheist. I'm more agnostic. I think that there's something out there, but it can't be proven. So does this totally discredit what I've been telling you here about the four blood moons? Well, as I've talked about, the scriptures clearly say that the moon is going to be turned into blood after the great tribulation and at the time of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. If this is true, the prophecies about the moon being turned into blood cannot refer to the four blood moons of the last 500 years. However, should the teachings of the four blood moons be totally ignored? Well, three out of these can't you can't ignore three out of the out of out of the four there were four blood moons coinciding with jewish feast days in 1493 and 1494 the spanish inquisition and the discovery of america by columbus occurred in 1492 right before this first set of blood moons There were four blood moons coinciding with Jewish feast days in 1949 through 1950. The rebirth of Israel took place in 1948, once again, right before the, <clears throat> the, the four blood 
moons. So you've got two tetrads here that can't you you can't dispute what happened, right? So what about the third tetrad? Well, there were four blood moons coincided with Jewish feast days in 1967 through 68, which was just after the reunification of Jerusalem in 1967. So you've got three tetrads here where something significant happened to the Jews right around or right before these occurred. Four blood moons have coincided with Jewish feast days only these three times in the last 500 years. And every single time, a major event affecting the Jewish people has occurred. Three out of three in the last 500 years is really, you, you literally can't just totally blow it off. You can't totally ignore it. There's no way that you can ignore that. So just based upon that alone, you have to say to yourself, well, is is something going to happen here? Probably so, after a long dramatic pause. So what is going to happen on this last blood moon, this last testrad that we're going to have coming up here? Okay, so we all know by now that there have already been three blood moons during this, this tetrad. And we have the final one that's coming on September 27, 28, 2015, just a few short days away. So what's going to happen after that last blood moon? Well, if you believe all of this prophesizing and all these Bible verses that I just spent the last hour spewing out at you, then you have to say, well, the world basically is going to mark the beginning of the end. Armageddon is is is, is marking the, the beginning of, of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, the world is going to end. <clears throat> Look, people have been prophesizing the end of the world for 2,000 years, and it ain't happened yet. Most recently, December 21st, 2012, just you know, three short years ago, the world was supposed to end then, and uh, what happened on December twenty second, twenty twelve, when you woke up and everything was still there and going along as normal. You know, uh, it, religious madmen, for lack of a better word, have been predicting the end of the world for two thousand years, and it ain't happened yet. So, after all the speculating prophesizing and doomsaying, the real answer here is that we really don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen on this last blood moon that's going to occur in just a few short days from now. My bet, if I were a betting man and I were going to place money on it, my bet is that the same thing is going to happen that has happened with every other date that people have predicted that the world is going to end. Nothing. Everything's going to continue just like it has. They've been predicting the end of the world for 2,000 years, and it ain't happened yet. So the odds are against anything happening now. 
I know someone out there, some smart asses out there saying, well, you only got to be right one time. It only, you know, just one time is I got to be right. That's true. But the odds against you being right are very, very slim. So I don't know about you guys, but I plan on doing the same thing as everybody else. I'm just going to wait and see. And that is the prophecy of the four blood moons. And as you can tell, my voice is all but just about given out. <clears throat> so I'm going to need to take a, a small break here so I can uh, get something to drink, try and rest my voice for a few minutes. And in keeping with the tradition, I am going to play a song that has to do with the moon. So listen to this, and I will be back shortly. Moonlight is thought to transform some people into strange creatures to drive others mad. Hola, soy Fernando Allende. One small step for man, giant leap for man. Does the moon actually possess such strange powers, or is it all just lunacy?
Hello, everybody. This is Sandman. I want to thank you for listening to Parareality Radio, and I'd like to invite you to check out my side project. It's called Set It Off. It's a half-hour-long show where I vent my frustrations about anything from politics, religion, pop culture, and celebrities, to rude people, stupid people, or that guy who drives too slow in the fast lane. It can be just about anything that, well, sets me off. It can only be heard on Spreaker and on Facebook. Just go to Spreaker.com and search for Set It Off. Or listen to it on my Facebook page, which is Sandman.Parareality. There's no set schedule for the show because it's completely random. So check for new episodes often. Remember, it's called Set It Off, and you never know what I'm going to say next. You are listening to Parareality Radio, your home for all things paranormal, strange, and unexplained. New episodes broadcast the first Friday of every month. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Did you get enough religion in that? Did you get tired of me spouting off scriptures and stuff? I know I kind of got tired of spouting off scriptures, but in a way it was also, you know, kind of fun too. So uh, I I don't, uh, as I have said, I don't do a whole lot of shows that have religious undertones or themes or just as overtly religious as this one. I try to avoid that as much as I can, but unfortunately in the type of topics, subjects that I talk about, it's almost, it's damn near impossible to not have some religious aspect pop up every so often, just every once in a while, right? My voice is still a little strained. I miss my radio voice, I tell you what. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how you guys are are hearing this. I, I try to listen. I don't listen to every show um, from beginning to end after I do it. But, I, you know, I listen to excerpts from it here and there. And, uh, boy, I can really tell that my voice is, is, uh, is screwed up. So <clears throat> I hope you guys uh, can bear with me while I try to figure out what in the hell's going on with me. So, it's time for Sandman Speaks, that portion of the show where I give my own personal two cents on the topic of the evening. So, is everyone 
gearing up for an awesome, chilled-out weekend, the weekend of September 26th and 27th? Well, if you are, that's too bad. Because on Sunday, September the 27th, a rare lunar phenomenon known as the super blood moon is occurring. And it means in no uncertain terms that the end of days is coming right along behind it. Forget the hundreds of other times when the world was definitely ending. Nope. Sunday, September 27th. That is 100% the apocalypse. And it's going to be metal as hell. Sunday, September 27th, will present the rarest supermoon. The first time in more than 30 years that we're going to have a supermoon and a lunar eclipse at the same time. The result is a so-called blood moon that in some religious circles are suggesting that, well, as, as I've been saying earlier, it's going to signal the end of the world's end-of-life type event, a doomsday. Well, let me get a little drink here. And no, it's not an adult beverage. <clears throat> Just in case you're wondering, it's water. So, while many astrological watchers are looking forward to this unique event, others are wondering if the end is near. In some religious circles, like Pastor John Hagee, um, they say this supermoon, often called a blood moon, when it takes on a copper color during an eclipse, points to a significant world event like the apocalypse or Armageddon. So, who is John Hagee? Well, he's a Christian minister from Texas, and he's suggesting that there are, and I quote him, direct connections between four upcoming blood moon eclipses and what they portend for Israel and all of humankind. <clears throat> he goes on to further say, the coming four blood moons points to a world-shaking event that will happen between April 2014 and October 2015. So, on Sunday, September 27, 2015, Earth's shadow will begin to dim the supermoon slightly, beginning at around 11 minutes after 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Daylight Time or 11 minutes after 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And this is U.S. time, of course. And it's it's going to, like I said, the Earth's shadow is going to begin to dim this supermoon slightly and much of the world. A, a, a total lunar eclipse will mask the moon's larger-than-life face for more than an hour. The aforementioned John Hagee, or Reverend Hagee, or Pastor Hagee, however you want to say it, he wrote a book about the four blood moons and, of course, trying to, you know, he's going to make all the money he can off of this before the end of the world, right? So this is what he says in his book, Four Blood Moons. <clears throat> Over the last 500 years, blood red moons have fallen on the first day of Passover three separate times. These occurrences were connected to some of the most significant days in Jewish history, 1492, the final year of the Spanish Inquisition, when the Jews were expelled from Spain, 1948, the statehood for Israel and the War of Independence, and 1967, the Six-Day War. 
Every heavenly body is controlled by the unseen hand of God, which signals upcoming events to humanity. There are no solar or lunar accidents. The next series of four blood moons occurs at Passover and Sukkot in 2014 and 2015. Now, also um, cites a passage from Joel chapter 2, verse 31 in the King James Bible that he claims predicts the ends of days with the arrival of a blood moon. And this is the quote. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord comes. That's what it says. I think I already quoted that just a minute ago, right? <clears throat> so, yeah, he's trying to make as much money off of this as he can. Now, there's a NASA official that recently came out and addressed rumors that an asteroid is going to hit the Earth in late September, you know, supposedly ending life as we know it. And then he didn't directly address Haggy here, but uh, or Hagee, however, however the hell this guy pronounces his name. It's probably Hagee. Um, <clears throat> anyway, while he didn't address Hagee directly, he said that, you know, unequivocally, no, that is not expected to happen. There's no scientific basis, not one shred of evidence that an asteroid or any other celestial object, object is going to impact the Earth on these dates. Now, this is according to Paul Chodis, the manager of NASA's Near-Earth Object Office at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. Now, I just so happen to personally know someone who works for NASA, and I'm, you know, under the condition of anonymity, I'm not going to reveal his name, but my personal contact, my inside source at NASA also says that there's nothing that's predicted to hit the earth here at this fourth tetrad, at the end of this tetrad cycle that we're going through here, <clears throat> which goes straight with what Paul Chodis, the manager of NASA's near-earth object office, said. So, okay, so according to NASA and other unverified members of this vast conspiracy, you can see the harbinger of the end of days with your bare eyes on Sunday night. They've also provided some photography tips and some morbid game wherein they encourage you to photograph the end of the world, right? <clears throat> they suggest you have to have a, a person or landmark in the shot for reference and rest assured that you can take pictures of it on your smartphone if it has a sharp focus. The best time to see it is between 11 minutes after 10, uh, that's uh, p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and 10.47 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Or if you're like me in the Central Time Zone, it would be <clears throat> 9.11 and 9.47 Central, Central Daylight Time. Following which you'll be too busy trying to survive the apocalypse to pay much attention to the sky, I'm assuming here. <clears throat> but what if the world doesn't end? That's probably what you're sitting there asking me right now. Well, then just straight up mess with people. Just straight up fuck with them. Take a note from Christopher Columbus and use the eclipse as an opportunity to swindle and fraud your way into getting some cool shit. Back in 1504, after he had already quote-unquote discovered America, he warned the natives in Jamaica that God was super pissed that they hadn't given him and his men all their finest provisions. Now, 
knowing that a lunar eclipse was taking place, he also told these natives that just to show how displeased he was, God would inflame the moon. So, when the moon did appear that night, everyone freaked out because it looked red, and they gave the ever-greedy Christopher Columbus all kinds of stuff. So, here's what you should do. Maybe you can go out, find a stoned or a drunk friend, and make sure that they aren't up on their astrological phenomena here and use this super blood moon to get some free pizza or something because that's about all that's going to happen out of this. Besides, you're going to get a lovely show in the sky and maybe some good pictures if you got a good enough damn camera. And please stop using your freaking cell phones. Get a real damn camera. Take some good pictures. That's all you're going to get is maybe some free stuff and a couple of good pictures. And that about does it for Sandman Speaks. That wraps up this whole thing here. <clears throat> and that does it for my teachings on the prophecy of the four blood moons. And that's what I think Nuff said. So, I hope that you were able to um, find out some stuff that you didn't know about by listening to this episode of Parareality Radio. Um, I don't know how many of you out there are very familiar with the four blood moon phenomena. Um, to be quite honest with you, I didn't know anything about it until just a few months ago. Um, I mean, I, I knew that, that we were having some rare you know, phenomena occurring with the moon, um, but I did not know about all the religious context and meanings behind it until uh, I started looking into it. And I actually um, um, watched a documentary on Netflix called uh, Four Blood Moons. Uh, I, I, I haven't completed watching the whole documentary. I've watched a lot of it, most of it, let's say. And uh, I, I found it very interesting. And then I started uh, looking up some stuff and I thought, God, what a wonderful topic for an episode of Parareality Radio. So that's how I kind of wound up in it. And as I was researching stuff for this episode, excuse me, I'll take a drink. As I was reaching, researching stuff for this episode, I found out so much information and started really looking at, at what it was saying as far as the Bible goes and all the biblical verses and everything that it was, it was you know, drawing from. And I, like I said, I, I really try to shy away from doing anything that is so overtly religious. But in, in this case, I just couldn't um, steer away from that. There is no way that I could do it. So I had a hell of a time finding these Bible verses and stuff. And it, but but it, was, it was fun at the same time because uh, I have, I'm not going to try to, blow smoke or anything i've never read the bible from beginning to end cover to cover and I, I don't think that there are very many people who actually have that's just not to me anyway it's just not a book that you sit down and read cover to cover um just on a whim i don't at least i don't know many people who would do that 
So, uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun um, putting this show together. It was very interesting, and I'm glad that I was able to do it. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just, I keep, keep on losing my voice. I can't wait. And I normally, even though, oh God, I, I hate going to the doctor. I just, oh man, but I, there's no way I can avoid this. I, this is affecting not only me doing the show, it's affecting my everyday life. I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm pretty okay. And then as the day wears on, I, uh, start losing it, man, and I can't, uh, can't gain my, my voice back, and sometimes by, you know, 9, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, I'm, I almost can't speak, so there's something going on here, I don't know, it's really concerning me, anyway, getting back to doing the, the show, I, re- I really enjoyed it, um, it was, it was, uh, fun looking that stuff up, and I had a good time, uh, even though it was hard finding all the Bible verses and stuff, and it took me a lot longer to put this show together than what I was expecting it to, although I don't know why. Um, so, you know, it, I as I said, I try to, to not get too much into religious stuff because of my personal religious convictions. I don't want that to taint anything that I do here on Parareality Radio. Um, and... I know how people are when it comes to their religious beliefs. And if you piss somebody off, then, you know, you're going to have, well, there's nothing quite like a pissed off religious person on your hands. Let's just put it like that. And although, you know, I really, I really don't care if I piss somebody off. You don't have to listen to this show if you don't like what you hear. You don't like what I'm saying. You can always turn it off. You know, I don't care. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. It's not like you're paying my salary because I don't get paid a salary and you're not giving me jack shit. So if you don't like what you hear, you turn it off and you don't turn it back on. I don't care. Um, But I just try not to put too much religious fervor into things that I do because it's just, it's not worth it, you know, getting stinking hate mail from people um, because I pissed them off about their religion. So, you know, if, if I offended you, and you want to send me a drop me an email and say that I offended you, that's fine. Um, I don't care about that, you know, but when you start berating me and using derogatory comments and calling me names and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff like that, threatening me and everything, you know, you're not that religious then. That's, you know, violence and religion just... Even though they do go hand in hand, it seems like these days, that's not what they're supposed to do. Um, you're, you're, you know, turn the other cheek type deal. I, you can, we can talk and debate and be nice and civil about it all that you want to. I just don't want to get into some stupid religious argument with, with some fanatic who doesn't even want to see my side, yet alone care. You know, I'll debate anybody about anything and I may not win uh, you know but this the the fun of the debate is the reason that you do it right although I guess some people do do it to win but anyway um <clears throat> if if you don't you know if you got some opinion about what uh if I was wrong about you know some of the bible verses I was quoting my interpretation of it and everything I'm not an expert in the bible uh, like I said, I haven't read it from cover to cover. So if if you've got a different take on it, or you know someone who has a different take on it, 
and you want to email me and say, hey, you, I think you got this wrong, feel free. Sandman at parareality.com. Send me an email. Get hold of me on Facebook, Sandman Parareality on Facebook, uh, Parareality Radio on Facebook. Twitter me at Parareal Radio. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can get in touch with me. Call me, 615-692-1170. Those are all the ways you get in touch with me. Let me know. I'll be happy to hear your, or read your comment, uh, hear what you have to say. Um, maybe make a little debate, you know, just, you know, I just ask that you be civil about it. It's all, I'm not going to respond to someone who's basically an a-hole, you know, and I got better things to do with my time than wasted on somebody like that. <clears throat> oh, sorry. You heard me scooting my chair across the hardwood here, you know, doing this show from the dining room in my home <clears throat> feels really weird, man. Even though this is the third time I've done it feels really weird and you know when i do uh my side project set it off i do it from home as well and i don't know it's, it's it doesn't feel weird when i do set it off from home i guess because i've always done it from home and um i haven't always done periality radio from home plus set it off just a 30 minute show versus a two hour long show you know and it feels really weird sitting here my dining room table talking to a whole bunch of faceless people out there I don't know it just feels strange I need to be in the studio with my all my equipment and everything in order to feel normal I guess I guess that's a good word to say normal I don't know this just it's just strange doing the show here from the house and then you've got all of the interruptions and stuff that you don't normally have too. I have people knocking on the effing door. I got the telephone ringing. I got, you know, the cat sleeping over here in his little cat bed snoring and shit. And then somebody's trying to do laundry behind me and I had to go shut the laundry off. You know, I don't don't have to worry about that in the studio. Somebody coming in, you know, going right down the hall to the bathroom and taking a whiz, you know, these microphones I got, they're expensive and they're sensitive and you can hear someone taking a whiz. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot longer to do the show when I do it from home because I had to keep stopping and shit, man. It really pisses me off. So <clears throat> hopefully I need, this will be the motivating factor for me to get off my ass and either fix the computer at the studio or just get a new one. Either way, something's got to happen. Something's got to give. So speaking of computer problems um as i've said over and over repeatedly right um the studio the uh computer in the studio um is acting up and um i gotta fix it right so uh, i'm trying to get that done and in the meantime I have my laptop and my my portable studio. You know, I've I've got it set up here in my dining room in my home. And uh, I logged onto my laptop the other day, and uh, there was a thing from Facebook. I was logging into Facebook because I hadn't uh, actually hadn't posted anything on Facebook in probably like a week or so. And I was like, man, I need to update my Facebook. You know, so I logged onto Facebook to log some stuff on about the show and you know how things were going and all that sort of stuff and uh 
there was this little pop-up message and it says, oh, it looks like you're using a personal page. You need to change it over to a, uh, a business page or something like that or whatever. And, uh, I couldn't figure out how to get that little pop-up off the screen. It wouldn't let me, um, get rid of it and I couldn't do anything. So I thought, well, F it, you know, I'll just do it. So I did, I swapped it over and it wiped out everything, man. It it was supposed to save it. It said, oh, first you need to download all your stuff. So I did what it said. I downloaded all my stuff. Well, you can't put that shit back on your Facebook page once it's downloaded. So I lost all 1,900 and something, almost 2,000 followers that I had on Facebook. You know how long it took me to get 2,000 people following me on Facebook? It took a long time, man. And I've lost all of them. And... Everything about my Facebook, I mean, basically it, I wound up having to create a whole new account, which really pissed me the hell off. And there's nothing that I can do about it because my old one got deleted. And uh, luckily, though, everybody that was um, a follower of mine or a friend of mine on Facebook, um, they're still there as you know likes on the Periality Radio page that I created. So, but they're not followers of the show anymore. They just turned into likes, you know, which I don't, I don't even want to get into that right now. There's so much shit that pisses me off about this. I almost wish I had never done a Facebook page for the show, but you got, you just about have to these days, right? So anyway, I've lost all of my followers on Facebook. So if you're one of the 2000 people who followed me on Facebook and who also listens to this show. If you were one of my friends on Facebook, please just send me a friend request and uh, I will accept it. I'm trying to get as many of the 2000 people that I had back. Uh, I think I'm up to 75 right now, which I mean, really pissed me off. This is basically I am starting all over again from scratch so, yeah, I am not happy about that. So if you are one of the people who was a friend or who followed me on Facebook, just send me another friend request and I'll accept it. It's like I said, I'm really pissed off that I, number one, that I did this to myself. Actually, I guess I let Facebook do it for me. I don't know who's to blame here. Probably me because I didn't know what I was doing. But, uh, yeah, it, it really pissed me off that I lost 2000 followers that I had oh oh man I was I was like I was super stoked that I I was knocking on the door of 2,000 people knocking on the door of 2,000 it was 1,900 and oh man it was like close I know it was between 1,900 and 2,000 so give or take a, a hundred people there you know so um if you've been to my page and noticed maybe there's been a change to it that's because there has um and i still have the the quote-unquote personal the sandman parareality thing but then i have the um the show page which is parareality radio on the the show page so um look up either one of those is not sandman.parareality anymore it's sandman parareality or you can look up Periality Radio. Either one of those is on Facebook, and you can find me. You can find me there. Um, 
website still the same. Nothing. I didn't screw anything up with that. Thank God. Um, it's just the Facebook thing. So <clears throat> that's the story with uh, with Facebook. And man, I just got a lot of stuff going wrong. This was supposed. 2015 was supposed to be the good year since I made my return a couple of years ago. It was supposed to be like you know, hey, I finally got my feet up and un- under me now, and things are going right, and you know, I'm gonna get it get it up and going this year and I'm going to go to some conventions and shit's going to happen. And then it all just fell apart, starting with the crashing of the computer and then the Facebook thing. And, uh, well, I guess you could kind of also say it started with the world UFO day in Memphis back in July the 2nd, man, that was a total, total complete bust and not a waste of my time, but it was a complete bust as far as, being a successful convention, you know, wow, not the way that I wanted to introduce myself to convention goers, but hey, you know what, it happens, that's, that's, such is the life, correct, and look, oh, I have a, uh, my dog just came in to see me, such is the, the advantages, or maybe the disadvantages of having to do your show from home and not being in the studio, okay, go upstairs, boy. So, wow, I've still got like a little over 20 minutes left of the show, and I don't know exactly how to fill it. Um, I've had people email me and uh, want to know, you know, latest updates on the show and stuff because I've kind of, because all this crap was happening with the computer in the Parareality Radio studio, I had people emailing me, you know, want to know what was up and, and uh, people on my now defunct Facebook page, my old one, um, you know, say the same thing. Like, well, you haven't had a show in a couple of months. What's going on? Are you sick? Did you quit? Did your dog die? You know, something like that. So I've been doing these makeup shows. That's why the, the schedule has been off. And I just want to take, since I have extra time, actually a lot of extra time this evening, I just, I want to take this, opportunity to um number one apologize for dropping off of the face of the earth for um the last part of the summer and number two uh, for those of you who have stuck by me during all this and all the crazy ups and downs i really appreciate it um you know it's hard to be a one-man show i i don't have a producer. I don't have uh, a ton of fancy equipment. I don't have anyone that's helping me put this little internet radio show together. I have to do everything all by myself completely. And it's been like that since day one. And boy, I wish I had those old shows that I did when I first got on the air when I was on Alternacast. And I know you've never heard of Alternacast. They were only around for just a, a very brief period of time. And that's when I, when I first got my start on internet radio was with Alternacast. And, oh, man, I wish I had those shows. Horrible. I mean, the, the old shows from Live, from the <clears throat> Live 365 days, the, the, the very, like, the first year, it was that was pretty bad, too. But Alternacast was even worse. Um 
so those of you who have who have stuck by me over these last nine years with especially you know with with me being gone for a couple of years it's it's really been if you count the two and a half years that I was gone it's been more than nine years it's been like eleven and a half years um but um yeah man, I really appreciate those of you who have who have been sticking by me and have been loyal fans of the show they call themselves sand fans just in just in case anybody was interested in that um so all of you loyal sand fans out there, I really appreciate you sticking with me through this and and you know understanding that sometimes when you have a a one man operation that all it takes is just the slightest little thing on one little thing can go wrong and uh, you know it really throws everything for a loop and that's exactly what happened with this computer thing so hopefully I'll get it fixed here soon and since I'm addressing some issues here that people have emailed me about um, I've also had people say uh, they've emailed me and said you know hey you stopped um replaying your old shows from um i365 and from wrfn when you were on wrfn and stuff so have you have you exhausted your supply what's what's up how come we can't listen to any more of the old shows i enjoyed listening to those things um and most of these were people who um were new to the show uh and didn't you know hadn't been long time sand fans so yeah i kind of once again it's a one man operation type deal i kind of got out of the habit of um of posting the uh the old shows um and i did actually run out of uh episodes from when i was with wrfn i unfortunately i don't have um all of those um I only was able to get my hands on probably <clears throat> maybe about 50 to 60% of of the shows that I did on WRFN. Um but what I did have, you know, I I replayed and I've I've pretty much exhausted those and I even got hold of a couple of uh shows where um it wasn't even my show, I was a guest host or a co-host on somebody else's show or maybe I was a a guest on somebody else's show there on WRFN. So, you know, I've exhausted all of my resources for WRFN. Um, so there's not going to be any new updates from my WRFN days. Um, however, I still have lots and lots and lots of uh, stuff from when I was originally with Live 365. And uh, I'm going to be starting... Uh, Probably in you know in October I'm going to be um, uploading some of the old shows again onto the website for your listening enjoyment. <clears throat> and uh, speaking of Live 365, you know, uh, back there in June a few months ago, I rejoined Live 365 in an effort to bolster um, popularity of the show. And I haven't been able to put up a uh, another episode since the June episode because of all the crap that has been going on. I've also had people who said, uh, what the hell happened to you on Live 365? You only have the one show, and I'm getting kind of tired of listening to it, you know. So, once again, I'm going to have to 
catch up with with Life 365. I don't have a huge broadcasting package with them um, because I was just kind of trial and error type deal. So um, I can it's it's a it's a long involved process these days. Used to I could just put a show up there. Well now thanks to all the freaking rules and stuff, you can only submit clips that are thirty minutes long. So I have to go back and listen to each episode and break it down into um, basically 30-minute clips and load it up. So for a two-hour show, I have to submit it in four 30-minute clips up to like 365. And I just, I hate that. Used to, if you hear sounds of stuff walking, it's the dog walking on the hardwood floors. Sorry, it's downfall of having to do this stuff at the house. Um, so those are, that's the downside of, of having to, um, post, uh, uh, on live 365 these days. Um, I'm still, here's the dog walking back. I'm still, sorry about that, everybody. I'm still going to post stuff on live 365. Um, I'll, I'm going to try to do it beginning with this show. I, I hope, I hope, hope. So it's just going to be, it's a long process for me to record a show, update, Spreaker, update my website, update Live 365, update Facebook. You know, once again, this is a one-man operation, and it's just, it's, it's a lot, um, it's a lot of stuff to have to go through, and it sometimes takes time, and sometimes I don't have that time, and sometimes, to be quite honest with you, I just get damn tired of doing it. So, um, I got a little frustrated with a computer situation, and and uh, I just let everything go. I just like, I did the old ostrich thing. I buried my head in the sand hoping that everything would go away. And guess what? It only got worse. Again, that's what happens when you bury your head into the sand. So for those of you who have, you know, been loyal and stuck by me and have understood, you know, the trials and tribulations I've been going through trying to keep this off the ground, I really appreciate it. It does mean a lot to me. And I do listen to, you know, listen to what you have to say. And I do uh, appreciate uh, you guys being loyal sand fans and i always appreciate input into the show uh any input whether it's positive negative or something in between i always welcome any comments or suggestions that you may have i know it sounds old and cliche but if it weren't for the people there wouldn't really be a pair reality radio there wouldn't be any need to do it when i first started out all those years ago eight seasons ago um, there really wasn't anybody listening, not for the first probably three or four months. There wasn't anybody listening, and I was basically when I was doing the live shows, I was talking to nobody, kind of like what I do here with the podcast. Is that now I know that there's people that's gonna listen to it. Back then, man, I knew that there wasn't anyone listening to it, and I was still doing the show anyway. And it was really, it was a struggle. And as the show gained in popularity and, and, you know, therefore I was on Spreaker for what, five years. And for three out of those five years, I was the number one rated talk show for my genre on Spreaker. And that really meant a lot. That was something that was a lot of hard work and it was a lot of fun. And as, as, 
things grew, the popularity of the show grew, it became, yeah, it was a struggle, but it was also so much fun doing it as well. Um, I'm glad that I took the break. I needed it. And I'm glad that now that I'm back, I'm in a much more scaled down uh, version of the show from what it was. Um, I, however, I would still like to gain some popularity and recognition for the show. So that's, you know, that's the reason for going back to Live 365. And that's the reason for staying here on Spreaker. <laughs> and that's the reason for posting the show on my website and posting my show on Facebook and trying to go to these conventions and everything. So, hey, if you're listening out there and you're the host of a paranormal or even a horror-themed convention, get in touch with me because I want to come to your convention as a vendor. I'll be a speaker, a guest, whatever. <coughs> I would love to come to your convention. Hit me up, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Um I got a lot of big things in store for the next year for Periality, and I'm not going Periality Radio. Excuse me, I'm not going to um, tell you what they are right now because it's a little too soon. I know I think in the last uh, episode I kind of dropped some hints that I had some big stuff going on that I was working on some things. Um, still, you know, still working on them. Still not ready to let you know what they are. Still not ready to drop those hints just yet, but I am working on some things, a couple of things that I hope is going to be really big for the show and help me, you know, take that next step, that next level. I'm really looking forward to uh, things that are working out. And uh, it's going to be, I think 2016 is going to be not only a very interesting time, for Parareality Radio, but I also think that it's going to be a very fun time for the show as well. So stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out from me here in the next few months, and I hope that you stick around long enough to um, find out what it is and take the journey with me, take the ride with me. It's been fun. It's up and down. Sometimes it's more down than it is up, but I always come back and and come through, you know, clean and smell like a rose most of the time. And as I said at the top of this episode, this puts me right back on track with where I'm supposed to be. And uh, glad that all these makeup shows are over. It was really weighing on me. So, you know, it's 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 done now. All I got to do is upload this and things will be right as rain. And when you're hearing this, you'll be outside going outside with your binoculars looking up into the sky saying hey where's where's that fourth blood moon this is the last one in the tetrad you know so at least i hope you will oh man well everybody i hope that you enjoyed this evening's episode of parareality radio as always let me know what you thought about it by sending an email to sandman at parareality.com or you can just go to parareality.com and uh, let me know there click on the there's a place where you can contact me so you can get a hold of me on parareality.com or sandman at parareality.com send me an email um, by the way the website www.parareality.com that's where you can find out all kinds of information about the show you can listen to current and past episodes of parareality radio and if you click on the Extras tab at the top of the homepage there, you can join the official 
Parareality Radio Forum. It is free to join, even though forums are about dead these days, but you can still join. It's free. You can also shop in the Parareality Radio store and even watch some old show videos and other stuff that I've got. Um, and speaking of the Parareality Radio store, I do not earn any money off of the items that I sell in the Parareality Radio store. Every dime, every penny, every nickel goes right back into producing this show. So help a brother out by going to the Parareality Radio store and shop, buy some stuff, and help me keep Parareality Radio on the air. We've got shirts, hats, mugs, uh, clocks, coasters, bags, you name it. We've got it. That's not true, but we've got a bunch of stuff. So uh, shop on the Parareality Radio store by going to www.parareality.com and click on the Extras tab, and it will take you to where you can shop on the Parareality Radio store. Also, don't forget to look me up on Facebook at Sandman Parareality on Facebook. That's Sandman Parareality on Facebook, or you can look up Parareality Radio on Facebook as well, and you can get in touch with me that way. You can also listen to the show on Facebook, and uh, you can find out more about what's going on kind of like behind the scenes in the world of parareality. I'm also now on Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter at Radio. That's Radio, all one word. P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-R-A-D-I-O at Radio on Twitter. I'll be tweeting out announcements like special guests, show topics, all kinds of other cool stuff. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Radio, And you can always... Call the studio line. Don't forget, 615-692-1170 and leave a message if I don't answer. But simply by leaving me your message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the air. So if you don't want your comment played, you better tell me or you just might get an unwanted comment played here on the air. Everybody, my next show is going to be available on Friday, October the 2nd, 2015. So turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this radio show opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, and I'll see you again next month.
Your time.